what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this. This is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast, and it is March 3rd, and this is one of the, I would say, most out-of-the-box podcasts I've ever done in terms of the normal style of podcast, what I do with the normal kind of bands I bring. I know hard rock, punk rock, metalcore, post-hardcore, any alt-metal, anywhere in between, because this one, the reason I wanted to get into this one is because this band came out with a song called Cool Girl, where it's all about how women in the music industry are treated differently by some men, whether it is someone in management, a venue, or other band. There are some perspiences that, you know, the song that the group details. However, it is an attempt to capture the overall mistreatment that the band has heard many other female artists, including some friends, go through. So we dive deep in the whole entire realm around that. Before we get jumping into this, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, if you're still trying to, you know, achieve your fitness goals, if you're still trying to get on that, you know, New Year's resolution kick, Phoenix Fitness will help you achieve those fitness goals, help you repair right, help your muscles recover right, and help you continue to achieve those fitness goals with different pre-workouts, both Sim and Sim Free. I use the Sim Free stuff because you guys know my energy is always top-notch. I don't need any kind of extra semen to get to that point. Also, other uh, BCAA recovery compounds to help you, your muscles, you know, recover right, get those nutrients going there and absorb them better. Different proteins for AM, PM, and after workout to help you build up that muscle along with recruiting to build up muscle and of course, multivins and anything else you possibly think of. Phoenix Fitness has for your star. Let's just get 15% off. Use the code MSOTD, FX at the comic strip. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. You've heard about Custom Debuts before from our other podcasts. So what does Custom Debuts do? Well, you give them an artist on their website and you have to give them a song or an album from that artist and they'll create a custom poster around that song or around that album artwork and that track listing for you. And they will come back to you in 40 hours after you tell them what you want. They'll come back with a proof. And if you like it, yeah, that's what you get. If you don't like it, tell them what you want changed. And they will change it for you. And once you're satisfied, you get your very own custom post from any band, any artist, any album that you want. And you can either have it sent to you like a normal poster paper as a canvas print or as an aluminum sign print. So looking for a great gift for the music lover in you know in your world. Great way to go about it. Our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout. Thank customers. Now, this conversation is absolutely incredible. The band is called Afton, and I got to talk with the members of Afton, both uh, Guinevere and Chris. Now, the style of the band is like 70s folk, but with some both like classic rock, alternative influence as well. Definitely not something that, you know, I normally bring out of the podcast. Again, I'm more hard rock, punk rock, metalcore, post-hardcore, alt metal, all that kind of stuff. However, I did want to bring this band because they their brand new song, Cool Girl, that I just talked about the meaning of the song at the beginning of the intro. Yeah, we I want to dive deep in this band about, you know, the influence behind Cool Girl and really talk about those things in music where, you know, the just the, the the different treatment that women get based off of the fact that you know they're women and just try and see you know what are the things that you could possibly do to we could possibly do as a community as a music community to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen that disrespect doesn't happen and also about the different connections that we have in music between both men and, women, and then of course just as music listeners as well we really talk about a lot of deep things in this conversation and it is one of the ones that i was looking the most forward to to having and let me tell you you're going to want to listen to this one, too. So are you ready? Enough with me. Let's go! Yeah. 
Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. I'm sort of stepping a little bit out of my own element on this one. Everyone that's listening, as you know me, I love hard rock, punk rock, metalcore, starting into some part, like post-hardcore, deathcore stuff. That's my style. However, this band called Afton came across my email with their brand new song called Cool Girl. And I saw the inspiration behind the song, looked at it, and this band has like this 70s folk blend with both classic and alternative influences in there, like classic rock alternative influences there. So I'm like, okay, there seems to be a lot going on here that I could easily pick up on. But when I saw the meaning of the song, Cool Girl, like I really wanted to dive deep into this band because I thought this could be one incredible conversation. So please welcome Guinevere and Chris from the band Afton. So both of you, I want to say welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks for having hey, us. Thank you. Thanks for being on and thanks for recording this um, at this time because I know it's later for both of you. And well, again, thank you for being on. So how, how have you been today? How's everything going in the world of both of you in this you know state of the world that we're living in right now? Um, doing good. I kind of relate to what you said a little bit before we started where all of a sudden you have energy. I just got done um, waitressing for like five hours and then I was so, so tired. But now uh, my energy levels are back. So <laughs> that's a good thing for this. <laughs> So that is a good thing. And now we're ready to roll. So, woo! All right. <laughs> well, one thing I do want to quickly ask about is just before we jump in, especially with the song and everything around there as well, because there is so much to unpack there. The first thing that really kind of brought me in this was just the style of music, because again, it really isn't anything like I'm really, you know, accustomed to with the heavier side of stuff that I like to go like the seventies folk blended with, you know, classic rock, those alternative influences, even emo influences. Well, there's a lot going on here. So, when it comes to your sound specifically, what's all the inspiration behind there? How did you both land on this sound for Afton and how did just how basically how did it come to be? Uh, well, for most of our stuff, Cool Girl's a little bit, oh, well, a lot of it different than what we usually do. But I think it encompasses the same thing that we kind of strive for, which is we have sort of polarizing tastes and we tend to write our songs like separately from each other and then bring them to each other. So then those two opposite kind of sounds, we have to find a way to mesh them together. Um, because like you were mentioning with the seventies sounds and everything, I'm really into like Jackson Brown and Joni Mitchell, a lot of stuff like that. And then he's into more, I mean, you can explain, you know, your own <laughs> taste, but we, we, um, we tend to just somehow find a sweet spot, sweet spot between the two. So that's usually what we, you know, tend to go for. <laughs> Yeah, so like one of you were saying, she's the main songwriter. Um, so she has a lot of the seventies folk Americana influences, like she said, Jackson Brown, James Taylor, Journey Mitchell. Um, and then growing up, probably more like you, my favorite band was Rise Against. Wait, 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 okay, I gotta stop right there. Your favorite band growing up was Rise Against? Yes. You always gonna like this guy. Rise Against one of my favorite bands since I was fourteen years old. I've seen them a total of fourteen times already in my lifetime. So this is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I think uh, I've only seen them like five or six times. <laughs> hey man, at least it's more than one. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, so I come from more of that background, and one of my biggest influences now, currently for our music, is the songwriter and producer Butch Walker. Um, and he's done a bunch of records for people across the last like couple of decades. Um, probably his like first big mainstream one was like Avril Lavigne's second album. He did a bunch of albums with Pink. Recently, he did like Weezer and Green Day. So he's kind of all over the place, and that's kind of something that I also try and put out with our music. So 
Well, I can see that as well, especially when you're, you know, working with Guinevere as well with the 70s folk Americana. You mentioned, you know, Joni Mitchell, James Taylor. And then all of a sudden here you're coming in with what you said rise against. I mean, I, my energy level just went through the freaking roof. And <laughs> like, I got super duper excited for it. But being able to just see kind of, you know, the different influences that you both bring to the table and seeing how they can mesh together and really bring different a, a whole different style and different sound than maybe really anyone's ever heard from just the 70s Americana folk influence and all of a sudden you know here in Rise Against and then different other bands from the you know some of this more like you know pop punk genre some of the you know pop popular side of it with pink and then all of a sudden you know Green Day get Weezer in there with some more than 90 styles well there's a lot to go in here which gives your music potential to reach many different people and influence many people's ideals in terms of like oh I can pick up on this little piece here like oh this kind of has a feel of you know potential of like a swing life away feel from Rise Against mixing with that 70s folk Americana this is actually kind of cool I want to listen to more of this stuff <laughs> yeah exactly thank you no, you're, you're very welcome. Well, now with that, I mean, again, the biggest thing I really wanted to dive into was Cool Girl because there's so much we can really dive into on this. So first thing I want to know is just so everyone gets to know about it. What was the influence behind this song? What's the meaning behind the song? Why did you want to write it? Um, I had wanted to write a song with with this subject matter for a while, but I kind of got pushed over the edge um, with one specific instance that I'll, I'll just tell the shortened version of it. but one uh this dude who was in this band he was constantly like backhanded compliments and not actually not even compliments just backhanded comments and unsolicited advice about my music and what I should be doing with it um all the time no matter what I had posted and it kind of opened my eyes to when this stuff would happen in person too because this was happening through Facebook messaging um and then all these other things all of a sudden I was like oh every time that we play a show they talk to Chris they hand the money to Chris they ask Chris what things we need to plug in and what we need to do but no I get the girlfriend treatment they don't even assume that I'm part of it until I get up there and I'm the one singing um so that kind of opened my eyes to it and then in an interesting turn of events this man who wouldn't stop saying all this stuff to me and even made some kind of inappropriate comments to me. Something happened with his band where they are no longer a band um, because of his actions. Uh, I'll leave it at that. He Nothing pertaining to me. It happened out completely outside of this contained situation, but it just made me um, realize like I had never said anything about anything he'd said to me publicly. I just didn't, I didn't want to cause any problems. Nothing was that big of a deal. But it made me realize that as a woman and as a woman in the music industry, especially, you carry this kind of guilt and you don't want to make other people feel bad and you make yourself smaller for them. And as a woman, I realize I've done that in many aspects of my life, but how frustrating it is to do it in the aspect of your life that is the most joyful to you to make yourself smaller when you're supposed to be doing something that brings out the best side of you. So cool girl, the inspiration is kind of just like, written in a sarcastic way of I'll do all these things to make myself smaller and make myself less than um, when that's really not what you should be doing. Uh, understandable where you're coming from with that as well, because I've heard different stories from different women in the industry as well, in terms of just some of the disrespect that ends up happening and some of the assumptions that end up happening. The, the one thing that happened with that one person that kind of, you know, pushed you over the edge, we won't go on anything that was said, but it kind of feels like, you know, at least they got their comeuppance in a way where, you know, 
they end up becoming disbanded based on the actions of that person. But still, to have someone just come unsolicited through Facebook Messenger coming at coming at you like that, that's unwarranted. But also, you can add on to that as well, where if they're coming at you for that, it's they're taking the time and energy to try and you know bring you down instead of trying to be positive for themselves at the same time as well. So it kind of can potentially give you a little bit more of this like, if you look at it that way, this little bit of an added oomph on top of it where it's like, yeah, you're coming at me for no apparent reason, apparently, just because you just don't like, you know, <laughs> potentially what I'm doing. And I've never even done anything to you. So that says more about you than it does about me. Yeah, exactly. Really exactly. taking your time out of the day to make that like important to you when you could just be focusing on your own stuff. But Ab- absolutely. And I do want to jump a little bit even more into some of the stuff that you said as well, where initially this was something that you saw online is like the thing that pushed you over the edge, but then you started relating it more to things that were currently happening. Like sometimes when you're playing different shows, just how you were being treated based off of just sheer assumption at this point. So just the inspiration behind that. I mean, you told a couple of certain stories, but you know, were there other little incidents that really stuck out in person that really drove the meaning of the song and the message of the song to really hit, to really talk more about what's going on? you know, not only in the industry as a whole, but like using yourself as the example? Um, Well, I think the night that I actually began the lyrics was in the car back from a gig that we had played where the showrunner had not spoken to me one time, had come up. And again, it it really puts into perspective when it's just me and Chris, a woman and a man, because you see directly how he's treated one foot away from me and this guy hadn't spoken to me the entire time um, and he had stood right next to me and not even looked at me um and so that was kind of like the last thing but like you said there are many instances that i just kind of thought about it more and even looked back at times from from years ago um when things like this had happened when i had been ignored or treated different differently and i definitely think i've talked to other girls who are in the music industry and a lot of them get what they call the girlfriend treatment which is where they assume that you're the girlfriend of someone in the band therefore shouldn't be spoken to should be ignored and then all of a sudden they realize that you're a part of it so it kind of ties in with what you said before giving the time of day to like say all these negative things um and when you act that way toward the woman in the band and then all of a sudden you're like oh I was wrong because they're actually in the band. I probably should have been a little more respectful or maybe they don't have that thought. I mean, because they never seem to, you know, apologize for that kind of treatment or anything like that. So, well, honestly, they might not apologize for that kind of treatment because they feel so embarrassed at the fact that they didn't necessarily know that you were a part of the band and they just don't want to actually admit that to themselves where they end up treating you differently. They end up putting an assumption on you just based off of some sheer, you know, kind of, just unreal. I'm not saying really that's a bad way to put it. I'm trying to think of the proper way to put it. just, they didn't actually like look up what the band was like, who was in the band and properly mm-hmm. do their research and just made these assumptions. And all of a sudden they see you, it's like, okay, now their assumptions have been shattered. They were wrong. And then embarrassment, they might not want to admit that to themselves because that also admits that they were wrong, that they were, you know, being ignorant at that point. So they might hold back and then continue to treat you in some sort of way, kind of in that ignoring way so that they don't have to face basically the consequence of their actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a mixture of the treatment that is just being like blatantly ignored or disrespected kind of coupled with people using their music knowledge or anything to try and impress, or even, I wouldn't say all the time that it, that I would call it harassment. That might be 
a bit too strong of a word, but just, you know, if I were to post videos of me singing or songs I was listening to or saying something and then men chime in with, oh, you know, it's so cool that you listen to that because you're a girl. Um, oh, you, you know, you like that band. Have you listened to this album? Can you name five songs? Like all the, like, it really does happen. And then they try to impress you too. Like, I'm a huge fan of Pine Grove and men all the time. They'll be like, oh my God, you like Pine Grove? Like, you should definitely listen to Cardinal. I'm like, no way. Of course, I have, of course, already. So it's kind of just that, um, you know, making women less than and kind of viewing people and then treating me and people that I know like, they can use that as a way to get to you or a way to impress you when it's actually doing quite the opposite, you know? I can understand where you're coming from that as well. A, a couple of things on that one. There are times where people, it's like, oh, you know, you listen to this, you might like this. Sometimes people just don't necessarily know how far deep you are into that kind of music. So that might just be an honest thing where they're just, they're just giving you an honest suggestion. I mean, that happens, but there could very well be points, you know, coming from, you know, a man giving that advice to him. It's like, you never are saying that to a woman. You never know exactly how far, you know, in terms of music, what she likes even going for. But the other thing too, when you're talking about, oh, you like this, well, can you name five songs off of this album? <laughs> the, it it, it, it kind of comes as just posturing to the point where, oh, she likes the same music I do. Well, I have to, because it's heavier music. I have to show her that I like more. I know more than her. I have to show this. It's kind of just, you know, if we like music, let's just, you know, let it kind of be. Let's just, people like the same kind of music that you do. Men, women, anybody. If, why can't we just, you know, let that be its own thing and just connect with people for who they're not just based on, oh, you like this band? Well, do you like them as much as I do? Do you know this many songs? Eh. Just, it, it, <laughs> it just comes across as just, I'm trying to think of the proper, because ignorant is one way to put it, but I don't think it captures the full S of it. Just kind of brash and just, annoying at the same time it's like why would you why would you do that because oh lame five songs now what if the person doesn't know five songs now you're basically put in a position where oh you kind of were just harassing me at this point because i didn't know every single song that you know by the band so why would i want to give the time of day if the fans are going to end up acting like this mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it, it does put it in a tough spot and i have heard other again instances as well where you know when it comes to men and women in the industry, especially men and women that are in the same band as well, where the guys always end up kind of being the focus from the promoter side, the venue side. It's like, and all of a sudden, you know, go up on stage and whoever the female of the band is, it's like, say they're, you know, the front woman or say they're guitarist or the drummer, or anybody in the band. It's like, wait, they're, they're in the band. All of a sudden now you feel like, oh man, you feel like crap because again, didn't do your research or you just made this assumption on something that potentially is rather archaic Instead of just, okay, this whole entire, these four people are here. There's four people in the band. Okay, it's everyone in the band. So treat everyone as you would want to be treated. How hard is that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when you, a lot of the time, you know, it may not be intentional because a lot of things that we do are rooted in like how we're raised. And, you know, we all have an internalized misogyny. Even women do. Even everybody does. Um but if you view a situation, you think, well, oh, maybe if that person had been a man, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, treated the situation. It's the same way, some some kind of small and minute things that um, I hadn't re really ever thought about until I read things about it, even to the point of where men will shake other men's hand but hug women. Um, and it's completely, uh, you know, no one's trying to do anybody any kind of harm. It's just something that is rooted in us to treat men with a power stance and treat women with affection, which seems like not a bad thing. But when you really delve more into like, you know, thinking about micro things like that, um, you realize how much of an impact it might have on first impressions and stuff like that and how people feel like they're being perceived and treated.
I can, I can definitely understand that as well. And when you think of, and you go a little bit deeper into it, and when you get to those points in time where say, you know, just the people that are, you know, that you are kind of inspired some of these stories from yourself as well, especially, you know, the people that are just, you know, sh- basically shaking Chris's hand and dealing with like focusing on Chris and not really giving you the time of day, kind of, you said, giving the girlfriend treatment and then you go up on stage, you're both performing. And then they realize that it's seeing kind of how they react. And it's, if someone, if they're able to actually come up and, you know, apologize and say, they're sorry, one of the best things we can do in this situation, and this doesn't just, you know, involve this situation. This involves any situation where you make an assumption and your assumption is 100% wrong based off of some kind of weird, archaic thing, whatever it might be, to really just deploy compassion, empathy at that point where that person didn't know, and, you know, they see the they see what had happened. They see where they went wrong and they're trying to just, you know, make it right. Deploy compassion, empathy to show that, you know, they're actually trying to make that change. They're trying to, they see where they went wrong and they're going to start to try and work on that. Again, deploy compassion, empathy at that point so that they continue to do that. And it's not like, you know, you're putting them down because, okay, they you know, maybe they made a mistake from something that was deeply rooted within them that they weren't necessarily even aware of. If we deploy compassion, empathy at that point, then we're able to grow and go forward to the point where, stuff like this and this kind of disrespect that is happening doesn't happen further down the line. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why even just having conversations or writing songs about it or anything, that's kind of, you know, kind of the point is that you can just, you know, get better from here and stuff. Absolutely. And again, you worth writing the song and find out about it as a reason I wanted to bring on the podcast after listening to the song as well was to have a conversation like this to really dive a little bit deeper into it. I do want to go to Chris on this as well. So when Guinevere brought this idea to you and was wor- you were working on the song, what were your thoughts going through it as well, being on the other side of it where when, you know, on the other side of these stories where you're the one that's being dealt with by some of these promoters and she's unfortunately getting the girlfriend treatment and then all of a sudden that you're both on stage and then you see some of these promoters and these venue people is like, oh, I messed up bad. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, the, the main instance that we talked about at the venue was probably the most blatant um and sort of i just naturally am more forward with like promoters and stuff so i guess i always just took initiative on that um so i didn't really see it as much because i was also like moving forward most of the things but there are definitely times looking back that i've realized like the same treatment that I got wasn't the same as she got. Even even after knowing that she was in the band, um, it was still like, oh, like she sings and plays a guitar in the band. Like you do other like more management stuff. Um, so that's why we've definitely been trying to split duties more evenly and give her more of like a management presence, um, and kind of just make sure we shut that kind of stuff down going forward especially with the new song now. So we have our chance to uh, show everyone how we feel about it. Oh, absolutely understandable as well. But another thing kind of into that as well with both of you in the band and both of you working in conjunction as well, like Chris, what you said, you might be more upfront and more, you know, to the point with some of these, uh, just that's, it might be just a different style. So it might be more effective at that point. However, it still doesn't excuse the fact that they're treating a member of the band like they're not a member of the band. It's, yeah, exactly. So, you know, with Guinevere bringing her in, you know, having more of that, like, bringing her into up to some of the things that she has more of the managerial presence, seeing what she, you know, Guinevere, seeing what you can do with that, 
really bringing that forward, you know, might actually help out and just kind of potentially give more presence to what you're saying in the song where it's, you know, don't you make that assumption that you're, you know, potentially just, oh, it's just the girl for the man. No, 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 no. You're in the band. Like You're the one that you're like, you said, the principal songwriter for the band. You're up there. You're the one singing. You're playing guitar up there as well. It's the focus should be on treating you as a member of the band, not treating you as just the assumption that you're not a part of it. Yeah. And I think that points even more exemplify, like it's only the two of us and probably will only ever be just like the two of us. So when one person is getting more of the attention or better treatment than the other half, it also just really shines a light on the problem that we have. Oh, absolutely. Cause it's, if there's more people in the band as well, it kind of potentially could have gotten further pushed back down just because yeah. you have more people in there and it might just be somewhere. Oh, it might have just been forgot about. But if it's just the two of you, it's much more upfront. It is much more present because of that fact, because there's not as many mm -hmm. people to deal with. It makes it much more present. And then when you're writing a song about this, again, it makes it much more open about that as well, because it's two people going up there and connecting with this. And the focus is going to be on that specifically, where if it's something where potentially, you know, a band that has four or five different members in it, the focus could easily end up drifting to somewhere else in the minds of fans. Mm hmm. Which, which is unfortunate, I will not lie. However, I, I do want to bring it up because at points in time, that does happen. Yeah. So uh, what other kind of conversations have you had around this song? Have you had around, you know, the, the meaning behind it? Have you also talked about with different friends, maybe families, and other people that you've done interviews with? Like, what have been the conversations around there? Have they really brought up any sort of different, you know, ideas for change or ideas to really get so that, you know, this level of disrespect begins to curtail to a point where we can get to a point where, you know, this level of assumption does not happen. Uh, well, I actually have a friend and she's been in bands, different bands since she was, I think, 13. And she recently wrote an article kind of talking about her experiences um, with this kind of treatment as well as harassment that she's received that's been like very severe because she's been doing this for so long and she's older now so it's from a young age until now um and we actually before the song even came out we had a show in the summer that was all female fronted but rather than putting the show out as uh, labeling it as female fronted we just booked it that way and then put it on because that's i think that's another thing like the term female fronted and shows that are female fronted kind of othering it so i think a way for change would just kind of be to not other it um to just make it normalized women front bands women um all kinds of people front bands it's not like some kind of alien thing that women would be the leader of something of something creative and artistic um so i think that's that's another big thing just kind of not making it some kind of big deal that women could possibly be these creative people because it's been happening for so long so it's so strange to me that it would still be like this that people would still sing in bands and always get told that they're like paramore when we know that there's like so many other artists like that and so many solo female artists um so kind of conversations like that that we had and tried to put on a show like that to kind of send that message i also feel like since we've put it out and a lot of our friends have listened to it they've also felt inspired to come forward and be like oh that 
it's crazy that those things happen to you because one time I played a show or I was taking pictures at a show, working a show, and all these stories of mistreatment have come up from our friends. And it's been nice that they've been able to get that off their chest and realize that whatever happened to them, like minor or severe, wasn't okay. And hopefully going forward, we can kind of build locally up and then further out the message. Hopefully you're able to do that and building on both of those as well. First, what Chris said with giving, you know, this song that you both created, giving people and other people that, you know, friends, you know, the ability and the power and the, you know, confidence to finally step up and talk about the things that have happened to them as well, whether minor or severe, both of which, again, are not okay, but it gives them the power to go out and do this so that. Now you're seeing more examples of this happening and the more it's talked about, the more it's present and the more change is going to be forced upon it. Then going to Guinevere, what you said, that's one thing I absolutely am 100% behind as well when it comes to booking a show instead of just, if it's an all-female fronted show, just say it's a show. Because if you kind of put out that all-female fronted, it makes it, and this is how I look at it, it makes it sound like it's a special thing and that is the main focus of the show. It takes away from the focus of, you know, this is just good music. It takes away from that focus because the focus now is it's all-female fronted. I mean, imagine, you know, I'm going to go with my, you know, my hard rock, you know, metal, metalcore background. If you put out a show and all of a sudden, you know, you had bands like In This Moment and then Ginger and Hailstorm play and you just market it as, you know, just, you know, this massive tour and just market it like a normal tour and don't put the whole female fronted thing on there. So many people are going to still come out to it regardless if it mm-hmm. was, you know, marketed that way. But if you just market it as just this one, you know, incredible metal tour and hard rock tour, the people are just going to dr- be drawn to it because, hell yeah, this is great music. But I feel like a lot of people, what they saw was like, oh, this is an all female fronted band tour kind of thing. People might stay away from that just because of different ideas they have behind, you know, female fronted bands. All of a sudden it's like, oh, if that's the whole focus, then okay, do I really want to go? But if you don't make it the focus, you make the focus just around the music and the music is able to stand for itself. People are going to come out. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I want to see more of this stuff. Woo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think othering it and making it, like you said, seem like a special thing um, is kind of infantilizing it and patronizing and seems weird that it would have to be like that that women would have to be almost propped up like they needed some kind of help and they needed their femininity to be the thing that either drew people toward it or pushed them away when your gender doesn't have to have anything to do with singing or writing music or playing guitar or anything like that absolutely and the reason i brought the three bands i did because it's like take a look at hailstorm hailstorm is one of the biggest rock bands in the world right now and I brought up In This Moment because I know In This Moment has a massive following, especially around Maria Brink's style of vocals. And I've seen them live in concert and I've seen the amount of people that show up at their shows. I brought up Ginger as well because one of my favorite things to do if you ever get a chance is go and watch reaction videos to the song Pisces by Ginger because, uh, God, uh, I cannot remember. I think her name's, God, what's her name? Uh, I think it's Tatiana. I can't remember the, or exactly what her name is, but because it's a band from the Ukraine. Like the song opens up and it's just very just kind of melodic and flowing. All of a sudden it gets this huge break and her vocals go from like rather soothing to this deep growling, unclean like vocal sound (laughs) that sounds like it comes from like, you know, can't like Corpse Grinder and Cannibal Corpse. It's like, how can someone make this kind of a noise? All of a sudden you see it's her. It's just like, (laughs) wait, wait, what? 
And then you want to go and see it. It's like, I want to go and see this live. And I know this year for 2022, for the first half of the Not Fest Roadshow with Slipknot, they're on that tour. Oh, really? Yeah. And and the reason they're on that tour is because they go hard and the vocals go just as hard as well. And it's yeah. and the focus is just on how insane the music is. The focus is not on, oh, it's a female for demand with a female that screams. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The focus is on this band fits in so well with the Slipknot fans. You have to put them on a tour based on the sound alone. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned like the different like marketing a tour one way or another because I'm pretty sure Hailstorm like Evanescence are on a tour or like doing a tour just did a tour or something and mm-hmm. like you're saying it's not marketed as like two like female powerhouses or it's just like Evanescence and Hailstorm are sick they're going on a tour together. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's exactly right because they just finished that tour up. I believe they were finishing up right before the uh, like right before Christmas in 2021. But they had a couple yeah. of shows they had to postpone that they ended up picking mm-hmm. up in January. And I remember seeing that tour marketed as well. And all they did was marketed was Hailstorm and Evanescence going out on tour together. That's all that the marketing was solely yeah. around the fact <laughs> that those two were touring together. It wasn't around the fact that it's Amy Lee and Lizzie Hale as lead vocalists. It was just the fact that those bands are touring together. That's all they marketed as. And people were going out to those shows in massive amounts. I mean, they were playing easy 5,000 cap rooms and selling them out. And it's all based on the fact that their music is freaking good. Yeah, exactly. So if, if, we, if we're able to, you know, as as Guinevere said, not other it and not treat it like it's some sort like that's the attribute that has to be sold. Just treat it like it treat it like you would treat any other band. Treat it like you treat any other tour. Just promote it. You know, as like this is good music. Go out and listen. Why not give mm-hmm. it a shot? And if there's bands that you like, all of a sudden go out and give it a go out and give it even more of a shot. If it's a band that you're not necessarily sure of, you know, and there's one band in the bill that you like and there's one you're not sure, go and see both. You know, you're gonna potentially find something that you like out of nowhere and you're never gonna, you know, potentially know. There was one I remember like going through when I was starting this podcast, just looking through things, and all of a sudden it's I'm seeing this one band reach out to me and it's like, okay, you know, I'll go check out their music. I checked it out and I basically described it as if it was like if Paramore and a date remember had a baby. And all of a sudden I find and all of a sudden I have in the podcast and I find out that it was three sisters from Florida. And I looked at them, I was like, I did not know that it was three sisters from Florida. I just knew that it was good music. My God, this is awesome. And I've had them on the podcast four times ever since I started this. <laughs> so it's like I was like, I can't believe this. And I've always kind of thought of it that way since like, why would I focus on that? Let's just listen to the music and give it a shot. Let's not focus on anything else but that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an awesome way to just look at music and everything in general. Absolutely. And I think, again, with you uh, bringing that up, I think that is a very important thing to bring up so that especially get to understand that to just make it a like not to other, just to really just look at it for what it is, which is the music, especially from a band's perspective and not create this whole entire like special event around like it has to be marketed as this. If you just market it normally like a normal tour, you're going to do just fine. Yeah, and I think in the same respect of not othering it or making it seem different, sometimes it, aside from just female-fronted tours, this is sort of a side note, but it's also okay to acknowledge and embrace femininity and maybe even the struggles that come along with being a woman. Like, for example, Fiona Apple's Fetch the the Bolt Cutters. Um, That album deals with so much that, kind of you can only relate to if you're a woman or if you've seen things like that firsthand so when women write about things like that um, and make themselves vulnerable the same way that cool girl is making a 
being vulnerable about something that kind of is um, a little bit, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, you know, just sort of an experience that a lot of women go through. It's also okay to, you know, acknowledge that. I just think there's definitely, there's like a time and place to make it the big deal. You know what I mean? So I think just like knowing when, when it's important to acknowledge that and when it's okay to just throw that out and let music be music and let it be good and let it be fun or let it be sad and be whatever it is and disregard the gender gendering it. Um, I think like it's important to acknowledge both things. I guess you're coming from there as well. And when it comes to Cool Girl, and like you were talking about with Fiona Apple, just like the music that she creates and like what the meaning behind a lot of the stuff is, if it's stuff that focuses primarily on stuff that women and females go through, it's something that I, from my perspective, and I think a lot of people's perspective, we would ha- rather have you, you know, express that because that's what you're genuinely thinking. That's what you genuinely experience. That's what you're genuinely feeling. And we want, and as a rock and metal fan and just any music fan, we want that genuineness to come out in your music because that's what you're actually feeling. And sure, I'm, you know, there's stuff that, you know, with Cool I'm not going to be able to relate to it just based off the fact that I haven't gone through anything really like that. I'm a, I'm a guy. I haven't really gone anything like what the specifics that Cool Girl is bringing up. However, being able to listen to it and see where you're coming from, having this type of conversation, I'm able to gain a different perspective and start to understand where the song is coming from, where these experiences really, you know, grew this song for. Along with that, start to really start to deploy some compassion and empathy and really start to try and understand fully with, I'm never going to be able to understand fully, but have a better understanding of what you know what you're talking about what the experience actually is because listening to these songs that have this at their core their message and at their core their meaning it's something where i'm going to be able to have a different understanding of how this emotionally impacts through the way you write your music through the way you sing the lyrics through the way you write the lyrics there's so much there where i would again we'd rather have you be genuine and actually put that out there than you know just kind of oh i oh it's a it's it's a problem that you know or an issue that is really primarily associated with women or females and we got to minimize, like you said, you know, kind of like the whole entire, you know, ba- girl, girlfriend of the band thing, being more like kind of minimalizing yourself, being smaller. No, let, let it out. Let's let, let's hear it so that we get an understanding of what is going on, what you're feeling. We're not going to fully understand because just, you know, the difference in how we, how life is being lived between men and women. But we're going to be able to have some sort of an understanding to start creating that change to the point where we're not going to have these certain assumptions or potentially have these problems but hopefully never happen, but at the very least happen much, 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 much less. And then people don't have to go through this stuff. Yeah, exactly. If you can listen to it and um, relate to it, that's great. And if you can listen to it and it gives you a whole new perspective, then sometimes that might even, that might be even better. Um, you know, if music opens you up to something, whether it be an idea or a genre or anything, then I think it served a good purpose. Oh, absolutely. It does. Because again, Music is going to hit everybody completely differently. Everyone goes through many different things in life. And the way we go through things in life is how we end up, you know, connecting with music. We connect with the emotions at the core of them. If, you know, we've gone through stuff where you listen to music and you feel it and you understand the meaning behind like the song and you're able to connect with that emotion that it has at the core of it, then you're able to connect with it even more. And whoever, whoever, right, whoever's connecting with it so directly where the experience of the song almost directly mirrored the experience that that person went through, 
again, you're able to start to point compassion, to point empathy towards that person or towards those people and get a further understanding and be able to create these stronger relationships and create this stronger, you know, basically if, if it's what come with music, create this stronger scene where all of a sudden bands come in. It's like, okay, those are all the members of the band. Cool. All of a sudden, you know, one of the members is female. It's a female fronted band and people look at it, it's like, and everyone gets treated as like from the band, everyone gets treated as the member of the band. No one gets treated as, you know, the girl from the band are just like, oh, you know, he's the guy. He's important. No, let's just, just treat everyone with respect. That's basically the best way to put it. Remember the band, treat them member as a member of the band. If, you know, they're the band manager, treat them as the band manager. Shake their hands, say hello. You know, don't minimalize people just based off of some assumption. Yeah, I mean, couldn't say it any better than that. Say, <laughs> so I'm just kind of like really starting to like, go off on this get little. fired up on it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're getting me fired up on it because when it comes to one of the biggest things especially with rock and metal that we i've seen over the past you know hearing different stories is as much as i love to talk about how it's you know a family thing music is a, it, it brings back you know feelings of you know your family you come in and everyone is so welcoming there are times where people are not as welcoming and that's going to be in anything where things are very good you're going to always have those couple of people or those groups of people that aren't necessarily helping create that inclusive or creating that full on, you know, happy, loving environment where people can come in and be free to be themselves. So I mean, that's how I'm kind of getting fired up because I, I love, I love music. That's my thing. I love the scene. I love doing this stuff. And I always, and if someone like, you know, brings up a band to me or it's like, or someone's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I like to listen to this band. I don't want to be like, Oh, you know, name three songs from them. I had a friend bring up Eskimo Callboy. I mean, I was like, I haven't, at that time, I hadn't listened to much Eskimo Callboy, but I'm like, wait, you listen to Eskimo Callboy? Really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. And then we started talking more about music and it was actually a really cool conversation. All of a sudden I heard pump it. Then I'm like, okay, this is a lot of fun. I can't help myself. This is awesome. <laughs> so like being able to have those types of conversations where we don't have assumptions based off of your knowledge or based off of who, like what you like, just because if you're a man, if you're a woman, whatever you are. All we do is we we talk about it to people and we get to know those people for who they are. We don't make assumptions based off of different, you know, stereotypes we have of each other in these scenes or any, you know, anything in life on that matter. Yeah, and I think even kind of going off you saying um, with the bands that you like and stuff, how you kind of build a community around them with other fans. And I definitely understand that. Like I'm deep in my Pine Grove Facebook page. Um, so I totally understand all of that. And I think it kind of even expands to people, people who aren't fans or people who have been fans of people. Um, I just think about artists like Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers, these kind of solo female artists who definitely face more like scrutiny over their relationships or the content of their songs um, having to do with relationships or sadness or anything like that and it being treated differently but I do think that I mean obviously Taylor Swift's success like she's counting her dollar bills I think she could care less about what someone has to say about her on Facebook so more power to her um, like that's incredible but I think people are starting to realize more that these fan bases that they create um, are more important than people who have these things to say that just absolutely get lost in all of it because it doesn't matter and the, the way that you know a certain band that's important to me or important to you um those fan bases kind of crowd around them um i think 
like those voices drown out the other ones. I think that's happening more. So that's what I think is a good thing. There's a lot of conversation recently. I, I wrote a paper for college about it, but about how Taylor Swift was treated in the beginning of her career and the things that she was called and that kind of stuff. Um, and how everyone's calling it out now and saying how misogynistic and rude it was and how we didn't treat, you know, uh, Justin Bieber like this when he was popular at the same time. So I definitely think there's more conversations around it and that fans having the conversations and building that community is super important because when they stand behind them and they say, hey, let's call this thing out, then it gets talked about. Absolutely. And I bring up Taylor Swift as a great example to bring up, especially when it comes to the whole entire I mean, not just music scene in general, because she initially started out more like the country side of things, now more on the pop side of things, and kind of goes back and forth. Again, I don't listen to much Taylor Swift. I really don't listen to Taylor Swift at all. Just not my cup of tea. But if other people are going to listen to Taylor Swift, yeah, go for it. Because if that's what you connect with, that's the music you like, I'd rather have you listen to that than try and force you to listen to what I like and then all of a sudden absolutely hate what the stuff that I like. Because what, what, what kind of use is that? If you're connecting positively with that music, if it's making you feel happy, if it's ma- bringing you happiness and making you a better person, by all means, go and listen to the music that you like. Are you kidding me? Why would we want to stop any of that? But talk about like the paper that you wrote about as well, where you're taking a look at how Taylor Swift was treated and then seeing, you know, how someone who was at that, you know, potential like same popularity level in the eyes of just kind of like the media and the eyes of just the pop community with Justin Bieber and just seeing how the difference of treatment is. We're able to go back and look at that. And yeah, it was it was the correct treatment. Absolutely not. We're able to call that out now, but we can't necessarily change the past. But we can do for the best thing now is learn from that and go forward in the future and deploy the lessons that we've learned from the past in order to make the like the present and the future much better so that artists coming up, no matter who they are, no matter what their gender is, no matter what their sex, no matter what their orientation is, anything that they're treated with respect and they're treated as artists and not treated, you know, with different assumptions in mind based off of just, just based off of anything. Yeah. Um, I definitely think when I was writing the paper, um, they were kind of comparing headlines of things that were said about her and then like male artists at the time, like John Legend, other pop artists who would have been in the same realm as her. Um, but how things were written differently, but I definitely think we're getting to a point now, like you said, where if you can just have those conversations um, and you can just enjoy what you enjoy without it having to be some kind of like battle for what's better or all that kind of stuff. I, I think the conversations around Taylor Swift a lot of the time, I'm just using her as an example, but I feel like there's many that you could name because it's it happened to Pink and it happened to all kinds of people. Um, but, con- you know, saying that all of her relationship drama being main headlines and obviously women's looks being scrutinized. And even recently, I I think it may have been a little bit of a misinterpretation. I'm not trying to look into it, but someone publicly saying another musician saying that Taylor Swift didn't write her own song. And that's another thing that I feel like people love to assume that women can't play their instruments or sing their songs or write their songs. Um, And that's just crazy to me because I think everybody, even people who say they can't write a song, I think if you sat down and tried, you'd make like something nice and poetic because everybody has feelings. So everyone can be creative. So I don't know how you could possibly think that because everybody's creative, even if you don't think that you are. It has nothing to do with like your gender or anything. Um, It just has to do with how connected to your feelings you are. And everybody, if you try hard enough, you can be connected to them because they're all up here. And And they're all part of you as well. Like if I try to create a song for myself right now, 
I mean, lyrically and like in like just really trying to like go through the the meaning of whatever song I'm trying to get out. If I make it vocally and just like actually dive deep in the feelings, yeah, I could create something probably rather poetic and rather deep. When it comes to me playing an instrument, though, oh, yeah, it's probably not gonna happen because, because uh, I'm just not a not not that musically inclined anymore. I was I drummed when I was a kid, and then I gave it up to go play soccer, and now I'm you know talking about music and any any concept around music, including something like this. For this is what I love to do. So maybe I should have stuck with drumming. I don't know. But you, even that means this is your your creative thing, and it's music, but it's also mixed with your podcasting. And you know, everybody just has some kind of creative outlet. Um, and even if you haven't explored it, it definitely exists. But you know, we all find a way to get those feelings out through something, even if you if you think that you do or not, you do. Yeah, and getting those getting that out through music is one of the best ways possible because. And I'll I'll use Taylor Swift as a as a prime example because when because what, what was the most what the most recent album she came out with was like the one that she re recorded like but it was all her own stuff it wasn't like stuff that people like produced I can't remember though because I'm again oh, I'm not that connected with it so red uh, yeah it's like red like Taylor's version was that it yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for correcting me on that. So if anyone's in the comments, like, oh my God, Kevin doesn't know Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because, you know, again, that's just my music taste. I'm more into the hard rock, punk rock, metalcore, post-hardcore stuff. That's just me. However, when that, when the Taylor, when the red uh, Taylor versions album came out, I was seeing one of my friends constantly posting on Twitter about how connected she was with the album, how connected she was with every single song that was coming out with stuff that was going on in her life, stuff that had happened in her life. And looking at it, you know, taking a little bit of a stock in it as well. When anybody writes music, no matter who they are, no matter, again, what their sex, what their gender is, what their orientation is, wherever they come from, whatever their background is, whatever experience they had in life, they're creating those songs and they're talking about, you know, some potentially very like specific things that happen in their lives. But when you listen to music, it comes forward with the emotion of that, you know, experience, the emotion of that story, the emotion of that instance. And as listeners on the other side of it, what we're able to do is we're able to take those songs, listen to them, and understand the story, understand the emotion that the artist is potentially trying to come across with, and then use that emotion to put our own self in that song and relate it to what's going on in our lives so we get a better understanding of how we're feeling in that time, what our emotions are like, and how we're connecting with that song. And when it came and when it comes to just Everyone that comes from different walks of life, men and women are men and women are, are going to be different in this aspect when it comes to connect with their feelings and how you felt in different aspects of life. And if I listen to that Taylor Swift song, yeah, I'm probably not going to connect with it nearly as much as my friend did, but she's connecting with it so heavily that it's making her realize certain things about her life and making her connect with it so positively that she's learning, you know, potentially certain things about herself when it comes to confidence, self-love, all these other different things to make her the best person possible. So why would we want to potentially limit other people to get that kind of thing and limit other artists? Because there's artists that people are going to connect with that we're not going to connect with because we all have different tastes, music, we all have different styles. We all come from different places. We all have different influences. And why would we want to just potentially break that in a way? Why would we want to break that connection? Because music is a beautiful thing. It, it really transcends so many different things. So it gives emotion tangible, like something to hang on to, something to really explain emotion to. You you want to try and explain, you know, the emotion of like, for my thing, for like for the stuff I like, if I'm trying to explain, oh, what does it feel like to be in love? I'm like, I'm trying to think of a good song to kind of put that too. And I'm like, oh, for me, listen to Eternally Yours by Motionless and White. You can listen to either the original version or the, you know, cinematic version they did. Either or you're going to get it hit basically either way. 
And if I asked my friend, she'd give me a completely different response based off of her experience, her taste as well. But if I listen to it and I understand that, I could listen to that song and potentially, you know, understand where she's coming from and get a little bit of a, you know, deeper knowledge of what they're going through, how they relate to things. And it just creates this deeper connection between friends, between family, between, you know, between loved ones, between between uh, spouses, between uh, partners, between anybody. It's a beautiful thing. Why would we want to limit that? Yeah, and I think kind of going off of what you're saying about everybody relating to songs differently or having different songs for different emotions, when I write songs, even with Cool Girl, if a man were to listen to that or anybody were to listen to that and get a sort of different but similar message, if, if you know, some 20-something-year-old dude were to listen to it and be like, I minimize myself for people, I need to stand up for myself, I think that's incredible, even though it's not the intent of the song, if that's what you get from it, that's great. I have a friend who, we have a song called Sunday, and we played it at a show one time, and afterward, he was like, that song makes me cry, it thinks, makes me think of, like, driving in the car with my dad when I was in elementary school, which I certainly didn't write it about that experience, but he places himself there, and that's what the song is to him, um, um, and another favorite artist of mine, Tallest Man on Earth, he's a folk singer. He has a song called Dark Bird is Home, which is probably my favorite song of his. And it kind of has this cinematic big ending. And the song is about his divorce. Um, but for me, the specific line in it, this is not the end, this is fine, is just something that I would just always repeat to myself if I wasn't feeling the best or anything. Um, and obviously that wasn't the intent behind the song. But I think when a song can transcend its own meaning and you can shape a meaning around it, that that's really incredible. And that's kind of my what my goal has always been. And I think our goal in writing songs is to make it, if you want to change the meaning to fit your own narrative in life, that's absolutely great. And that's what makes a good song usually is if it can kind of ebb and flow into different things. I think that's absolutely, yeah, you want to add to that, Chris? Otherwise I can, <laughs> I can go off again as well because I got other <laughs> things to say to that because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Whatever, you're, you're absolutely right on that one. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think just to not add on to what you said, but I just really never, I guess, thought about what you had just said, where a song about a particular subject, you have your example, somebody else has their example, and you two could talk about the subject all day. But then when you show each other that song, it does really open up more of exactly how they're feeling a lot deeper down. And I think that's actually like a really cool idea I never really thought about. Yeah, I guess that's why when you think of love songs and somebody like playing a love song for somebody or writing it for somebody, sure, they could have just written it down on paper or said it. But there's something about the swelling of the instruments and the little sounds put in there that adds, you know, a sonic experience and not to be a nerd or anything, but I am a communications major and we learn about sonic rhetoric, which is my favorite thing to learn and write about. And it's all about that. It's about how things that aren't even spoken, even just instrumentation or sounds or sound bites can create emotion and completely change the message or enhance the message. Um, so kind of just a nerdy moment, but that's like super important to me. <laughs> well, I'll add on to that nerdy moment as well with kind of a, a personal experience I had. This was during the pandemic. You know, I think this was my around like June-ish of 2020. The, the woman I was seeing, she was over at my place and we were just talking, we were like just kind of hanging out, just figuring out something to do. And because I'm big into music and we were talking about that. One thing we ended up doing was open up my computer, open up Spotify, YouTube, Apple, my iTunes account, all that kind of stuff. And it was just, 
she would ask me, she would ask me a question. She's like, okay, play us. Can you play me a song that makes you feel like when you, when you feel sad, when you feel like, that reminds you of a horrible time in life, that reminds you of a good time in life, all these different things. And then I'd ask her, you know, the same questions. It'd be basically a back and forth thing. And we play each other different songs to really get that understanding of each other. And of course my, like what I liked was, I mean, I was playing a lot of like rise against ice nine kills, motionless and white. We came as Romans. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff I was playing. Bring me the horizon. I was playing a lot of that stuff. She was mm-hmm. playing a lot more of the stuff that she liked, which was, you know, more like Latin pop music, some other things. Other. Also some of the, like a day to remember as well, which was kind of cool, but being able to just connect and kind of see, okay, like the song would be playing. And then we would be explaining to each other, like what, would, like what the song actually means just to kind of get a little bit of a deeper understanding to it. But being able to connect on that, where I'm listening to songs where, I would probably not listen to these on my own if you even if you got me to try because it's just not my style. But being able to go through something like that, it like I got connected more with this person than I probably could have ever done, you know, in a span of like two hours, just because we were playing music that connected with our emotions and you're able to get an understanding of the emotion of that whatever, you know, whatever the question was, a time that made you feel happy, a time made you, you know, feel a time in life that you absolutely, you know felt like was the absolute lowest or something that, you know, when you think of love, what song comes to your head kind of thing and actually playing it and being able to hear and understand what the other person was going through and understand that emotion. That was something like communication wise. That's some of the best communication I've ever had with anybody. It was, it was absolutely incredible. So, and and it just shows how much different music it happens to. Cause for me playing, you know, metal core and punk rock, all of a sudden her playing more Latin pop and then at one time playing a day to remember, which was just for me, I was just like, oh, this is awesome. But just connecting on these different emotions from different songs and getting an understanding for them, you get to connect with so many other people in so many different ways. When you get to able, you're able to kind of like take a step back and not be so focused in on, oh, I like this music and that's all I'm going to listen to. No, no, no. Give, give other things a chance because even if you're not a big fan of them, See where other people are coming from. See why other people like them and get that feeling that they get from them. And even if you're not the biggest fan of the music, you can understand and have a different appreciation for not only that music, but also another a new appreciation for the person you're connecting with. Yeah, and that story actually kind of makes me think of one of the first times that we actually hung out ever. Um, and we were, because we actually met through like a Facebook post she made just being like i want to do music with somebody like acoustic music like coffee shop kind of thing and at the time i was looking to get into that coming from like a hard rock band um so the one of the first times we hung out we kind of made a list of songs that we would have liked to cover and obviously hers was a lot of like journey mitchell fleetwood mac carol king and then i tried to come in with any acoustic version <laughs> of songs that i knew like the one that she laughs about the most is um, there's a video of Sayosin doing seven years. And like what, this, the one like, in the church? Yeah, in this like super oh, cool yeah. cathedral. The first time I ever <laughs> went to Chris's house, he took me to his basement and he played that and he was like, you have to watch this. And I was just sitting there and he, and he showed me the church video. <laughs> yeah, it was that and like a version of Swing Life Away at some point. <laughs> yeah. But, like, no, a very specific still- video. <laughs> I was like, I assume Swing Life Away made its way in there where you're talking about acoustic versions of Hard Rock. Like, Swing Life Away has to be in there at some point. Yeah, you, you gotta, like, at least start easing into that. <laughs> yeah, because that one can get pretty deep pretty quickly. And and even, like, you know, go to a Rise Against concert when they play that song, everyone's got their arms around each other singing it along. It's just, 
that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever, I've ever to be a part of when it comes to live music. Just that point of all of a sudden everyone's arms are like, we live on the porch. <laughs> and when I got to actually, you know, see that the last time I got to see him, cause that was at middle of December, maybe when I was in Chicago for the show, it was like the line that I was in. It was almost, it was basically perfectly split down the middle between the amount of men and amount of women in this line, like people around arms with each other. It's like, look how many people are connecting with this song. Look how many people in this room are here and singing this back coming from all different walks of life and who knows where they connect with this song who knows how they connect with this song because i doubt they're going to connect with the song the, the exact same way that i do but the emotion behind it is where we all come together and that's how we all create this moment where you look back and it's like man we we're all together in that moment nothing else mattered except the fact that we were all people that connected with the same the same emotion of the same song but for different specifics why can't we just like, why can't that just happen all the time? You know, why, why can't, why, why we, why don't we just focus on the positivity that music brings instead of focusing on different assumptions or different stereotypes or the, you like that band name three songs. No, nah, don't do that. Yeah. That kind of ties it back into what we were saying before. Just like a song can mean something completely different to someone else. And that's the beauty behind it. If it can be so universal and it can be so you know, able to shape shift into different things and ebb and flow for different people. We actually, we saw Rise Against in what, August? Yeah. yeah. So that was my first Rise Against concert. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Um, I had a good time. I'm a big fan of Nowhere Generation, especially the version that he did with, uh, what's her name? Meg Myers. Yeah, yeah. that-ish yeah. smacks. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you this, Chris. Um, because if whenever that was your first show, then have you listened to the Rise Against Ghost Note Symphonies version of songs? Yes. Yeah, have I or songs. have? Oh yeah, he's made me listen to all of it because the same <laughs> way that you said, you know, you share music with people, we share doing music together. But we also we have one of those Spotify playlists that mixes your okay. music. So when we go on drives, we we've heard everything from one another. Pine Grove just came out with an album, and I have like beat it to death in his car. So we've. <laughs> we've done the same thing to each other so again fair fair enough but that's just that's just the hallmark of a good connection right there where you're able mm -hmm. to connect on all these different kinds of music all these different kind of sounds together and i mean if, hallmark of a great relationship hallmark of a great connection but something that a lot everybody can take going forward as well where when you're talking with someone or you're connecting with someone that doesn't have the exact same music taste as you or you're making assumptions about it just listen just enjoy and get to know the person because the music that they're listening to is a is a reflection of some of the emotions that they you know they connect with the most closely because that's what music really does for us it connects us with our emotions based off of the sounds so if we're able to you know understand that and be able to talk with people we're able to get in some deeply insightful conversations and get to this point of connection that you know you, you, you could go come from completely different walks of life and you become best friends off it because you're connecting in that sort of way music has the beauty and has the ability to do that and Let's just keep it rolling because that's the way we create the, the that's where, that's one of the ways that we create a music community where everyone goes to the shows and it's like, oh, hey, you're here. I didn't know you like this band. You like this band? Cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's have some fun. Or all of a sudden it's like, oh, you don't know this band, but you're here for the show because, you know, your friend told you to come. Well, come on. Let's have a good time. And if you like the band, that's great. If, if you're not the biggest fan of the band, you know, that's okay. Everyone's got their own opinion. We're not here to judge. We're just here to have a good time. And we're glad you're here with us. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, Guinevere and Chris, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I like to do at the end of the podcast is give both of you a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So the floor is yours. Um, I'll go first. So obviously, just to reiterate, we're Afton, A-F-T-Y-N, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Music and all that good stuff. And our new song, Cool Girl, is out. So if you want to give that a listen, that would be pretty nice. Chris, anything? Um, at the end of this month, February 25th, I believe, we're going to be at the Hard Rock Cassie- or Cafe in <laughs> um, Philadelphia. So if anybody's around, we'll be there all night. So. Alrighty, now I think it's time for me to end this podcast with not one, not two, but three very specific things. First things first, when it comes to finding this, these two great people at and Afton online and stream the music, be able to, you know, listen to Cool Girl, be able to get in touch with the band. Yeah, you're going to want to do that as well, especially after this incredible conversation we had with Guinevere and Chris. So you're going to want to, you know, go to their socials, follow them, give them a like, give, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, be able to like listen to them on Spotify, like their stuff, subscribe to their stuff, stream it, download by, see them when they play live shows. You're going to want to know all this stuff. You're going to want to be able to connect with them. So you're going to want to go all those different places. But I know people and I know that you don't want to search all that stuff up yourself. It's like, can you make this as quickly as possible for us? Well, yeah, that's what I'm here for. So look at the description of the podcast. It's going to say find Afton online links and labels for all their socials, YouTube, where you can stream the music, buy the music, download the music and check them out live. All the links are going to be there for you. So you do not miss out on them and get to really experience potentially something that you might not have ever experienced before. Give you that option. Give you that opportunity. All you got to do is click on those links and take it for yourself. Now it's time for number two. So what if you're, Chris, whatever I've guessed in the podcast, I enjoy having the podcast. I usually tend to make a certain promise, mostly as a, you know, as a thank you for being on the podcast, because I always enjoy these conversations and I really appreciate you do like being on the podcast and having this incredible conversation with me. So it's something that I want to also continue to show my support as well. So it's a promise that has happened every single time I've had a guest in the podcast. And after this conversation, the promise streak has not ended with you. So the promise does not start with if. Starting with if implies possibility of not happening. No, 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 no. That's, that's not cool. That's not cool. I'm going to say when. When implies this is going to happen. Date and time to be determined because, you know, we, we know the world changes at any given moment. So still time to be determined. But when implies it's going to happen. So when I get to see you both perform live for the first time because I'm going to make it happen. I don't know when, but I'm going to make it happen. When I get to see you perform live for the first time, I promise to you both is this, and that is, that first round's on me. <laughs> All right, sounds awesome, good. thanks. <laughs> and hold me to that promise. So, Guinevere and Chris, as we close up the podcast, I do not want to end this with a goodbye because this was one hell of a conversation. This was something that I believe, you know, we need to talk more about and have these kind of open conversations. So I'm going to keep tempting because if all of a sudden I start seeing more music and we start getting more of these conversations, I'm going to want to bring you back on the podcast again so we can have these discussions once again. On top of that, I made this promise and I like to make good on my promises and pay up on all my debts. So I got to see you guys perform live at some point. When? Still to be determined. Is it going to happen? Absolutely. So this is not goodbye. Goodbye is way too final. So I'm going to end it with this. Winter, Chris, I'll see you later. See you later. Well, well, folks, this is my interview with Chris and Guinevere from the band 
Afton. If you want to find out more about Afton, you want to listen to Cool Girl, you want to potentially get into something that, you know, especially if you're a long-term listener to the podcast, something that might be a little bit outside your realm. Or if you're coming here and you know Afton, you like that 70s folk blended with, you know, classic rock, alternative rock influences, some emo influences there as well. Yeah, check out Afton. Be sure to do that. I have the links for their socials, the links for where you can find them on Spotify and Apple Music, where you can go find them in concert, all that great stuff in the description of the podcast under the fine Afton label. You're going to see links, labels, everything under there. So get this band and, you know, listen to Cool Girl. See how it impacts you. Understand, you know, you understand the meaning from the song, especially if we talk about it on the podcast. Go and take a listen to it and see what you can get out of it for yourself as well after you listen to it. There's a lot of stuff you can really take a look at, and I think you definitely should. Well, my hair just went really weird. I got to pull the hat back down because my hair was kind of like, Also, Go and follow the Court Progression Podcast as well. Again, the podcast, we always bring you episodes every single Tuesday and every single Thursday. And sometimes we get the special Wednesday ones as well. And we're not stopping anytime soon. So you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all our social media platforms. Instagram is usually the most popular one, though, because you can go on there and you can watch our Kevin Scrappy Flute series every single Thursday where I cover a song that is very well known in the rock and metal world on a recorder. It's, it's pretty bad but it's funny. Trust me on that. And you can also join our live streams every single Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central. Talk about music and talk about all these other different topics around music as well, including what will likely be this topic, you know, the week this one comes out because I do want to bring this up with my followers and my guests and all that good stuff. You can also follow us on TikTok as well. Yeah, I'm getting into that as well. We're trying to see what we can do there. Also, please follow the Corporate Crash Podcast and subscribe to it on YouTube if you haven't. If you have, thank you very much. If you want to subscribe on any of the audio streams of the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon links are to the podcast below. So please and thank you very much. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for supporting the Corporate Progression Podcast. Also, thank you to Phoenix Fitness and Custody Views for supporting this podcast all with your sponsorship. Links and the promo codes in the description of the podcast below. Thank you, Guinevere. Thank you, Chris. This is an incredible conversation. And I've got some people I know that would definitely dig your style of music. So if you're listening to this at the end of this and want to come around the Midwest, come around Milwaukee, I've got a couple of friends that would want to come by and actually take a listen to this stuff. Well, because this is more of their cup of tea. Plus, I do want to make good of my promise. And I do want to support your band any way I can. So on that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes the big, healthy, and hearty. See you. Yo!